Good morning, and the warmest of welcomes to this Thanksgiving service for the life and memory of Colin Dudley. On behalf of Lorraine and all the family, I'd like to thank you all for gathering here today. And on behalf of Colin and Lorraine's church family here at Welcome Hall Evangelical Church, I'd like to extend the warmest <coughs> welcome to each and every one. Just a few bits and pieces to mention uh, before we begin the service. Uh, on your seat, you should have uh, one of these slips, and you're invited to uh, fill that in, your name, how you knew Colin, a special uh, memory of him, and you can pop those in the box on the way out at the end of the service. If you should need to slip out, during the course of the service, then if you're seated in the main church here, uh, please go back out uh, through the doors uh, where you came in. If you're seated in the hall uh, behind me, uh, then you can slip out through the door on the right-hand side towards uh, the rear. Just to mention a creche a provision, should anybody have any children with them that at some point you'd like to take uh, out, uh, you can uh, go uh, up the side of the church, across the car park, to the church hall. There are two entrances to the church hall. If you take the second one, go in and turn left, and you will find a room there with toys and so on, uh, and a live stream of the service. Just to mention, uh, in case of emergency, we hope there won't be one, uh, but in case uh, there is, uh, if those are seated towards the rear of the church, exit through the doors uh, where you came in. Uh, those in the front half of the church are through the emergency exit to my right, uh, to your left, and those in the hall behind me are through the emergency exit at the left. Uh, at the rear of that hall. After this service, uh, there will be a buffet lunch uh, served in the church hall across the car park, and any and all are warmly invited uh, to stay with us uh, for lunch. If you need to get away, we understand that, but if you don't need to get away, do please stay. Uh, we'd love you to stay uh, for lunch and to share a further informal time uh, together. When the service is over and the time comes to leave the building, the way we're going to do it is that we're all going to leave uh, through the double doors to my right, uh, to your uh, left, and so the family will lead the way, and then others in the church, please follow behind, and finally those in the hall behind me come through and follow behind, and we'll make our way to the church hall uh, for the buffet lunch. If you'd like to make a donation today in memory of Colin, uh, then all donations are going to the uh, Motor Neurone Disease Association, the MND Association, and there's a donation box, the grey box, on the way out uh, where you can uh, place any uh, donations. It's my privilege to be assisted in this service today uh, by Colin's two uh, sons-in-law, both of whom are Christian ministers. Uh, James is the minister of Pershaw Baptist Church here 
in Worcestershire and Ed is the Children's and Youth Minister at St Mary's West Horsley in Surrey and they'll be coming to lead parts of our service as we proceed. And I'm also thankful to Colin and Lorraine's son, Jim, who will be giving uh, the eulogy in memory of his father. All the hymns that we're singing today uh, were favourites of Colin's uh, that he chose uh, for this occasion. And we're going to begin by singing the first of them. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. We'll hear the instrumental introduction and then stand to sing.
Let us pray. Dear Lord, my first and overriding thought is to say thank you for giving us Colin and for permitting us the privilege and the honour to have known him. Each of us here with our own unique or shared experiences and memories built with him. Thank you for the example that Colin gave to us, his willingness to serve, to help, to give and to bless, for the ways that he demonstrated the love of God for each of us in the way that he treated people with respect and a desire to do his best for others. And Lord, thank you for the example of faith lived out that we've seen in Colin. Heavenly Father, Colin has known you and walked with you all of his life, and you have been there at his side in the good times and in the struggles. But now in his death, we know that you hold Colin, and you've raised him to new life with a new body in heaven. Thank you that Colin always had that sure and certain hope that gives us the confidence to approach you as we pray now. In this moment, Lord, would you give us the strength and the comfort which we seek. And you promised through your son Jesus when he said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Accept from us all that we feel, even when words fail us. When frustration rises or when emotions appear from nowhere to overwhelm us. And exchange our sadness and our sorrow for gratitude for time spent with Colin and the knowledge that he is no longer struggling. Lord, in those moments when thoughts of Colin having died cause us pain and sadness, let your compassion be real to us. If there are times when life feels empty and pointless, fill the void with the warmth of your friendship. If confusion feels as though it was overwhelm us, if we're afraid and life is full of anguish, Lord, give us your peace. If we feel disappointment or regret, help us to know your love. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for those who will miss Colin the most. We pray especially for Lorraine. Comfort her, hold her, and guide her, Lord. We pray for Lydia, for Jim, for Abby, for myself, for Ed and Sophie. Thank you, Lord, for all that we have learned from Colin and for the depth of his love and grace that has always surrounded us. Bless us with the confidence and the strength to hold tightly to the same strong faith that you showed us through Colin. And that we might reflect that in our own lives. Lord, we pray for Colin's grandchildren. For Jonah and Reuben. For Hudson and Nate. For Marley and Rafi. Each of them has been dearly loved, cherished and nurtured. Each of them have loved Colin dearly. And been loved by him much, much more. Let Colin's example to each of them in his health. And in the dignity throughout his illness, grow and flourish within them. 
We too pray for Colin's wider family and many friends, of whom there are too many to name individually. Lord, be close to each person whose life Colin has connected with and made such a difference to. Lord, we have been blessed by being able to share our lives with Colin and have been enriched in the many ways that he shared his life with us. Help us to hold on to those memories and examples. And they're precious things, Lord, and no one can take them away from us. But as we begin to build our lives without Colin, help us not to feel guilty in the times of joy that will come, but to always remember him with love and gratitude, knowing that he would want us to be happy. And Lord, I ask that Colin's example of faith and a hope in Jesus would be like a seed that is nurtured within us, inspiring in us reflection upon you, your word and your truth. And that seed of faith would come to life in us, blossoming through all the seasons of this life. So Lord, bless us now as we celebrate his life and all that he meant to us. Amen. Amen. The following reading from Isaiah held special significance for Colin and Lorraine. And Colin had this verse above his bed, which he held on to every day throughout his battle with MND. What some might call coincidence, but I would call a God incident, because there was definitely a hand in this, was that Colin and Lorraine's quiet time reading together the day before he died was this verse. And on the day itself, Monday the 4th of December, the Version Bible app, which some of the family use, had the same verse as well. A timely reminder to us all of the rock-solid hope that Colin held on to, and so can we in the face of all that life brings us. So let me read Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 to 31, and let's hear what Colin held close to his heart. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Ed. And thank you, James. We're going to sing our second hymn. All the way my Saviour leads me. What have I to ask beside the second hymn. 
Wow. Who chose those hymns? That's not helpful. <laughs> okay. Um, hello, everyone. It is very moving that there's so many people here come to pay their respects. Um, I'm reminded of a quote from one of Dad's favourite films, possibly one of the best films ever made. I know Johnny likes it. A Muppet's Christmas Carol. Um, if you need to know the measure of a man, you simply count his friends. And there are so many people here that want to remember him, and um, that's wonderful. I know it would have meant a lot to him. Um, I'm going to launch straight into Dad's life. Um, I've, I've got quite a bit here, so I apologise. But um, Okay, Dad was born in October 1961 to Margaret and Arthur. Um, his sister, my Auntie Sue, remembers going to the phone box with Mr D to call for an ambulance and uh, Grandma returning on a stretcher to their third floor flat with her new baby brother. He was the fourth of four um, and according to his siblings, he was Grandma's favourite from the moment he was born. Um, Dad disputed this strongly, um, so I'm putting his case forward as well. Um, but yeah, they tell me a tale of how... Uh, well, no, Dad told me this one. Um, apparently the children were fed from eldest to youngest from the same plate um, which meant he very rarely got any food. I don't, I don't believe that. Um, but yeah, Auntie Heather tells me that Grandma would always make sure Dad got his choice of pineapple trifle at Christmas. Everyone else had to have it regardless. Um, Auntie Sue, Uncle Carl and Auntie Heather used to get Dad to ask Grandma for stuff because she was most likely to say yes to Dad. <laughs> so I think that's closer to the truth. Um, Dad attended the Welcome Hall. Um, I know this place well. Absolutely love this place. And um, he attended here with his parents and brothers and sisters. I don't think it looked like this when he first came. Um, and obviously, Mom attended the Sunday school as well. They were both saved and baptised here in their teens. Um, they didn't actually like each other at first, um, I'm told. Apparently, Mom thought he was the spoilt youngest child. There's a theme here. Um, <laughs> and Dad thought she was sulky, which Mom assures me that he was right about. But in 1979, that all changed when Dad sent Mom a birthday card and a box of chocolates, big smoothie, um, and then asked her out in the August of that year whilst on the church camp in Switzerland. Um, Mom and Dad were married in May of 1984. Um, there, was no, there was no good place to put it in, but I want to talk about Dad's career. Um, I was very proud of Dad, and he always worked hard um, and instilled in us children a strong work ethic, and it was important to him. Um, his first job, he was an electrician. Um, he was an electrical apprentice at Longbridge, um, Austin Rover, back when it was around, um, in August 1978. And he was at Rover for 10 years. Um, during that time, he qualified as an electrician. Um, he was always fantastic with his hands, and he once said to me, he just understood electronics. Um, and I think everybody in the village knew that, because he, um, he did a lot of work for everybody. Um, I think he qualified for work on HV cables too, and I'm putting that in because that's impressive. Um, it's dangerous stuff. He, um, he still has the laminated certificate at home, actually. Um, in fact, he's got all of his laminated certificates at home. Um, I found one the other day for water chlorination certification, which ran out in 1997. Um, bless him. Um, Dad joined Harris Brushworks after Rover, where he worked with his father, mother, brother, sister. Um, and he worked there until joining um, Seven Trent in 1996. And he, um, I remember his works fan. Um, that was my favourite bit. Um, but yeah, he, he stayed there for... How long was it? I've written it down somewhere. I can't remember. How long was it, Mark? Anyway. 
He made his way up to area manager for Franklin Birmingham. I've got his business card in my, uh, in my wallet. Um, and all through his working career, um, he's one of those blokes who got up early, did his day's work, and then he got home for tea with his family. And um, I love that about him. Uh, in his last years, he, uh, he worked as a caretaker, um, first of all at Finstall First School and uh, at Cedars Nursing Home as well. Um, and then he had to finish in 2019 when the MND began to affect his ability to work. Um, but he worked right to the end. He, he didn't want to stop. But we know that about Dad. Uh, I've got to talk about his children, his um, pride and joy. Um, Mum and Dad had their first child, Lydia, in 1985. Um, she must have turned out a little disappointing because they had another one. Um, a, a son and heir in 1987. He was great. He, he was great. So good, in fact, they had one more. Um, Abigail in 1989, who must have been disappointing because they stopped. <laughs> that's, that's how I see it. Um, but yeah, Dad was meant to be a father. He was a family man, a genuinely special dad. Mum and Dad have always lived in Catshill. Our family home remains our family home on Chadcote Way. And he's still, it feels like he's still there. I feel very lucky to have had what I know was a lovely childhood with loving parents. Um, we, me and my sisters wrote so many memories down and obviously um, we've had to curtail a bit. So um, me and my sisters have got so many memories. Some favourite memories are Christmas memories. Um, Santa refused mince pies and milk at Chadcote Way. Had to have Mars Bar and Pepsi. <laughs> Balking hundreds of years of tradition. Um, Stockings on the edge of the bed, McDonald's as a treat. Um, holiday memories, journeys in the car with Disney songs recorded straight from the movies. You're not allowed to do that, Dad. Um, <laughs> Dad singing word for word the genie song from Aladdin. Uh, in fact, every Disney song word for word, actually. Um, Dad turning on the gas fire in the freezing cold holiday caravan, um, breaking his ice cream cone to make a mini ice cream for each of us. Um, late night ferry journeys. Dad always booked late night ferry journeys. Um, he loved those. And obviously it was more exciting for us kids. Um, and Dad would always go round the holiday cottage changing the light bulbs. Um, <laughs> he couldn't bear if a light bulb wasn't working. So, um, I've got memories of playing, working in the garden, um, building a rockery, uh, a shed the size of a screw fix, um, with more electrical goods than a screw fix. Uh, tip trips in the car, listening to Bill Weathers. Lovely day and trying to hold on to that really long note. Um, and Dad singing I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston at the top of his voice. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Dad was a wonderful granddad and step-granddad. Um, or as Jonah always called him, Gan Gan. And um, Nate calls him, I've got to pronounce this correctly, Ga. Um, and it was one of the best experiences to see him with his grandchildren. Um, I think one of the more heartbreaking things for the adults about Dad's MND diagnosis was being unable not been able to see him play with his grandsons anymore. Um, but children don't notice these things. For them, Grandad's wheels were excellent. Um, he would chase Reuben in his wheelchair, which he, of course, thought was hilarious. Hudson particularly enjoyed driving Grandad's scooter, uh, making Nana panic. Um, there was one memorable moment where Dad and Hudson escaped Nana in Ikea. I'll, I'll let you imagine the rest. Um, but as that became more difficult, um, Dad would be... Uh, visibly upset to see his grandchildren leaving. Um, his youngest grandson, Rafi, he didn't get to hold, but they did get, uh, they had kisses and cuddles. Um, and on Zoom calls, Dad could only growl hello. Um, and, uh, but Marley, that was enough to set him off laughing, so uh, he loved that. 
Um, all of the boys adored him, and watching Dad getting up to mischief with Jonah, the oldest, with whom he had a lovely connection, was always magic. Grandad loved his grandchildren and step-grandchildren, and they knew it. Um, speaking to people over the past few days, um, and reading messages online, hearing people's memories and stories of Dad, the same words crop up often. Dad was a kind man. He was a lovely man, always helping others, always finding work he could do and ways he could serve God, his church, his family and friends. Um, our friend Rebecca wrote a comment online that made me smile. I'll read it out. Um, Sending all of our love and remembering a wonderful man who is now at peace with his heavenly father. Brackets. And probably trying to find some jobs to do. <laughs> um, yeah, that's dad. Uh, Thanks, Rebecca, that got me. Um, off the top of my head, I'm thinking Grandma's probably got him sorting the lights out up there. Uh, talking about Dad helping others, um, Mom told me a story about her and Dad trying to clear some space in our utility room um, at home. Uh, Dad kept a large wall cupboard absolutely full of light bulbs. Sorry, Dad, lamps. Um, and in some exasperation, Mom said, Colin, do we really need all of these light bulbs? Every, every time you open it, they, they fall out. Uh, can we clear some space in here? So Dad had a good look through. Um, and he had to admit that he couldn't clear it. And he, uh, he pointed out all the lights. He said, you see, these lamps are for Miss Mole's porch. <laughs> these are for the church foyer. <laughs> Granny's outside light. The list went on. Um, in fact, none of the lamps were for our house at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's Dad. Um, I know a lot of people remember him as quite quiet. Um, others remember him as very loud which I think is quite a wonderful juxtaposition, because he was both. <laughs> he was not only Uncle Colin to his nieces and nephews, um, but also to so many of the children who came through the Sunday school. And I know that he absolutely loved the kids. He loved children and doing the children's work. He was, I think, a sort of um, Sunday school bouncer, um, <laughs> being the one who the naughty kids had to sit next to. Um, he was very likeable, though, which, and an enormous softie, which they all knew. Um, and I think some were naughty just so they could sit with Colin. Um, as a boy I thought of him as a big gorilla he was uh, always will be my hero I was insanely proud that he was my dad uh, dad was unfailingly kind and thoughtful he smiled with his eyes that's mum's best memory of him and uh, he laughed loudly from his stomach which wasn't embarrassing at the cinema um, <laughs> he had the best laugh um, he had a lovely sense of humour he kept it even into the latest stages of his illness, um, even when every day was frightening, every activity a trial. Mum told me he used to tease one of his favourite carers. The head carers used to come in, and uh, one chap, a little chap called Frank, and um, Dad's neck muscles were quite weak, um, so he needed a neck brace constantly by the end, and um, they had to swap it out. And whenever it was Frank's turn, Dad would pretend to be choking as Frank was fitting, um, just to make Frank panic. <laughs> And then he would smile with his eyes. Um, I'm not sure how he still communicated so much with his eyes, but he did. Lid called it his twinkle. Um, uh, with all of these things, uh, with all the things Dad was suffering, he would still worry over others and their comfort. Auntie Sue told me of one visit when he was getting agitated and trying to communicate to Mom. Um, and they got to the bottom of it, he want, uh, what he wanted in the end. Uh, the sun was in Auntie Sue's eyes, and he wanted Mom to put the blind down for her. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to focus too long on um, Dad's illness, uh, but it's important to acknowledge the battle that he faced. Um, I feel I'm still up here a good 20 years too early. Um, 
Dad was diagnosed with motor, motor neurons disease in October 2018. Um, he was 57. They don't yet know what causes motor neurons disease or how to cure it. Um, motor neurons disease attacks the pathways in the brain, uh, which tells your muscles to move, reducing and eventually removing the signals and causing the muscles to waste away. So Dad slowly lost the use of his body, including his ability to speak. I miss his voice. I'm looking forward to talking to Uncle Carl, actually. You sound like him. Um, he lost his ability to eat, to walk, to use his arms, his hands. And obviously, inevitably, his ability to breathe unaided. So the wicked thing about MND is that it doesn't affect the mind. Um, other diseases are just as evil, and they, they work the other way. Um, but this one doesn't. So dad was still trapped um, in that body, smaller and smaller world. Five years with motor neurone disease is an incredible amount of time, with uh, quite a high percentage of sufferers passing away within two years of diagnosis, I'm told. Um, and obviously every battle is different. Uh, but I really think this longevity is testament to dad's um, physical strength, his mental strength, um, his love of life, his friends and family, um, but also for the unending and heroic care and attention of his wife. <clears throat> whose devotion and selflessness are a testament to her love for dad and their shared faith in God. We love you. Uh, dad passed quickly and peacefully on Monday the 4th of December, which sounds silly to say, but it was quick, it was peaceful, which was um, from God, I think. And he was where he wanted to be with mom by his side. My dad is the bravest man I know. But I want to finish with um, Uncle Anne's words, actually. Thanks for these, Uncle Anne. He wrote to Lydia and he said, I, th I think your dad won his battle with MND. I think he kicked it, but it may have taken his body little by little, but it couldn't take his spirit, his love for his family, his sense of humour, or his salvation in Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Jim, very much. Now the family have prepared a short video, and uh, we're going to watch this video now and just take the opportunity individually uh, to remember Colin and to thank God for his life and memory.
Thank you. Now you might think that we're only singing our next hymn uh, because it's Christmas. But I can assure you that even if this occasion was in June, we'd still be singing our next hymn. It was uh, one of Colin's uh, most favourites. But there is something very appropriate about the fact that this occasion has uh, fallen when it has uh, just five days uh, before Christmas. Thou who was rich... Beyond all splendor, all for love's sake, becamest poor. The next hymn.
the name Colin makes different people uh, think of uh, different things. Some people hear the name Colin and they think of cake. <laughs> Colin the Caterpillar, popularised by Marks and Spencers. Many other supermarkets have come up uh, with uh, their own versions, but M&S won the court case that only their caterpillar cake can be called Colin. Other people hear the name Colin, and they think, believe it or not, of the late comedian Tommy Cooper. I remember on one occasion sharing one of his gags with Colin, and we laughed at it together. It went roughly like this. They say that one in five people in the world are Chinese. There's five people in my family, so it must be one of them. It might be my mum. It might be my dad. It's not me. It could be my older brother, Colin, or it could be my younger brother, Ho Cha Chu. <laughs> but I think it's Colin. <laughs> More seriously... Those of us gathered here this morning, we think of Colin. And between us, we think of a son. We think of a brother. We think of a husband. We think of a father. We think of a father-in-law. We think of a grandfather we think of a friend, we think of a fellow Christian, we think of a fellow church member, we think of one whom we served alongside as a fellow church officer in the oversight of the church here at the Welcome Hall. I said when Colin retired as a deacon, a couple of years ago, that he was a standout deacon, and that when I think Colin, I think deacon. And more than that, when I think deacon, I think Colin. And I count it one of the great privileges of my life to have counted Colin among my friends. And more than that, to have been counted by Colin among his friends. Ed read for us the end of Isaiah chapter 40. Colin had a, a number of favourite passages of scripture, particularly the end of Isaiah 40, the end of Psalm 16, and the end of Psalm 73. But as I discussed this morning with Lorraine and some of the family, over the last couple of weeks, we, we settled on the end of Isaiah 40 for today for a number of reasons. Ed's already given you a bit of a heads up on this. Uh, but uh, first, perhaps, of all his favorite passages, this maybe was his most favorite. As Ed said, he had these words above his bed. The day before 
He was called home to be with the Lord Jesus. As Lorraine read with him through the Advent devotional that we're reading through together as a church at the present time, it was these words at the end of Isaiah 40 that were the focus of the devotion uh, that day. And also, again as Ed has said, on uh, the Bible app that some in the family use, these words were there the very day that Colin went home to glory. So it's these verses that we've read, and these words that I want us to focus our thinking upon just for a few minutes, particularly the last verse, verse 31, as it's printed on the front of the service sheets, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. These words, these verses, they are all about strength and weakness and how we can find and prove God's strength in the midst of our own weakness. I read these words. I think about Colin and I see three things. Number one, I read these words. I think about Colin and I see strength turned into weakness. I remember arriving in the church here more than 11 years ago now to be the pastor, and Colin was arguably the strongest middle-aged man in the church. He was big, he was strong, he was a tough. But five years ago, as we've heard, he was diagnosed with MND. And slowly but surely, little by little, that strength became weakness. To the point where, towards the close of his life, physically speaking, he was confined to his wheelchair, little more than skin and bone, weaker than he had ever been. And we mustn't dodge that today. Because it was real, it was true for Colin. It was his lived experience. And it will be real, it will be true for each one of us. Because we are all on the same trajectory. Our pathway may not be identical to Colin's. But whatever strength any of us have or have ever had, sooner or later, little by little, our strength becomes weakness. None of us will be here forever. Death will increasingly cast its dark shadow over each and every one of us. And there will come our time for each one of us. When our names will be called. So I read these words. I think about Colin. And I see strength turned into weakness. But number two. I read these words. I think about Colin. And I see 
weakness turned into strength. And that's not a contradiction. Because at one and the same time, Colin's strength was being turned into weakness physically. But spiritually, his weakness was being turned into strength. There came a time in Colin's young life when he became a Christian. When he turned from his sin in repentance. When he trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ in faith. Trusted in Jesus, his perfect life, his sin-bearing death, his victorious resurrection. Trusted in Jesus for life, for death, for eternity, for everything. He found in Jesus the answer to his deepest needs. For we are all spiritually weak. We have inherited fallen, sinful human nature. We are each of us estranged from God. None of us capable of finding our own way back to him. But God has made a way in the Lord Jesus Christ. The one of whom we've just been singing, who was rich but who became poor. That we, through his poverty, might be made rich. And Colin became a real Christian. And his own spiritual weakness was taken away and he was given the strength that is to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. But it wasn't just back there and back then. It was all the way through his Christian life and especially in these last five years that Colin's weakness was turned into strength. You know, over these last five years, I would often visit Colin and Lorraine in their home. And time and again, they would say to me something like this, Jeremy, we're so sorry that we can't do what we used to do in the church. And time and again, I would try to make two points to them. I would say, first of all, you don't need to apologize for what you can't do. But more than that, I would say, you may not see it from where you're sitting. But from where I'm sitting, you're doing even more now than you ever did. Yes, maybe you're not able to serve in those practical ways that you so enjoyed and that we so valued. But as you walk this pathway together, and as you do so in such a Christ-like way, And the tighter the Savior turns the screws, the more you shine for him. You're doing something beautiful. You're doing something wonderful. I shall never forget an experience I had a few months ago. It was a Tuesday morning. We'd had our coffee morning in the church hall where we'll be eating lunch later. Most people had gone. I was just doing one or two things in the hall. And as I was doing so, I glanced out of the window. And through the window, I saw Lorraine putting Colin in his chair into the back of their vehicle. And something just hit me in a way that it had never quite hit me before. On the one hand, my heart broke with the sadness of it all. 
But on the other hand, I thought, the Lord knew. And I know Colin and Lorraine would say it was all the Lord and it was all his grace, and we know that's true, but still, humanly speaking, the Lord knew. There was only one man in this church who could walk the pathway. He called Colin to walk. And there was only one wife in this church who could walk that pathway with her husband. And the Lord loved them so much. And he knew that they loved him so much that he could trust them with this trial. And that though it would be very difficult and very hard, and far more hard and far more difficult than most of us will ever appreciate. That in the midst of it all, they would shine ever more brightly for their saviour. Because though the outward man was perishing, to borrow Paul's language to the Corinthians, the inward man was being renewed day by day. And though strength was being turned into weakness... At the very same time, weakness was being turned into strength. Colin died spiritually, physically, the weakest he had ever been. But I believe spiritually, perhaps stronger than he had ever been before. So I read these words. I think about Colin. I see strength turned into weakness. I see weakness turned into strength. But there's something even more wonderful for us here. Number three, I read these words. I think about Colin. Will you let me put it this way? I see a caterpillar turned into a butterfly. That's the good news today, friends. Colin the Caterpillar is no longer Colin the Caterpillar. Colin the Caterpillar is Colin the Butterfly. Because he has taken his wings and he has flown. He has flown from us. But he has flown straight into the arms of his Savior in glory. What does the text say? But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Colin waited on the Lord through thick and through thin. And now his strength has been renewed never again to wane. He is mounted up with wings like eagles. The caterpillar is now the butterfly. He will run and never be weary. He will walk and never be faint. A caterpillar turned into a butterfly. And he has gone to be with the Lord Jesus. And he will not come back here to be with us. But if our faith is in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. Then we can be sure that one day we shall go to be with him. We too shall be given our wings 
and we shall fly into the arms of our Savior on high. So I read these words. I think about Colin and I see three things. Strength turned into weakness. It must happen to each and every one of us. Weakness turned into strength. It can happen to each and every one of us when we trust in Jesus Christ and all that he is and all that he's done to save us from our sins. But more than that, a caterpillar turned into a butterfly. The caterpillar, in all its ordinariness and everydayness, given its wings to fly. When that day comes, oh, that for each and every one of us, it may not be that that day for us is the day we go down, but that that day for us would be the day we go up. When just like Colin before us, we're given our wings and we fly up, up and away into glory, safe into the arms of the Lord Jesus. We'll let Colin have the last word as we quote once more his favorite verse. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. We're going to join in singing together our closing hymn, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. And after we've sung this hymn, I invite you to remain standing uh, for the blessing.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together just now, for your help and for your blessing. We pray that you would write your word upon our hearts by your gracious Holy Spirit. We thank you for the further informal time that we can spend together now and for the good things that have been prepared for us. Bless them to us, O Lord, we ask, and may we be an encouragement to one another. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.